Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because because they they anchor us in something something which can can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere we exist to join god's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere we hope you enjoy this week's teaching we hope you enjoy this week's teaching we hope you enjoy this week's teaching This morning's scripture is from Romans 8, 1 and 2, and then 12, 17 to 18. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Roxanne. Hey, everybody. Good to see you in person. Good to see you online, whether you're watching through Zoom or Facebook or YouTube or listening later on podcast. Uh, it's just fun. It's fun to be together. Uh, my name is Steve, and I am the pastor around here. Uh, so today's scripture portion begins with what sounds like beautiful poetry, doesn't it? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Sounds very freeing, doesn't it? But does it also make anyone else feel a little on the outside looking in sometimes there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ because maybe if you're being really honest even though you're pretty sure you've been in Christ for as long as you can remember you still don't feel very free amen anyone uh amen (laughs) and you still don't feel very free because maybe last night's nasty Facebook comment Uh, that you wrote after most of a bottle of wine uh, makes you feel like, ooh, I'm not quite there yet. Or maybe your stone-cold sober but self-righteously judgmental attitude about someone else's nasty Facebook comment is also a fine case in point that you are not exactly free 
from condemnation quite yet. That phrase, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, I love, but it also kind of makes me feel a little bit like I feel when I read that beautiful Mary Oliver question. So what do you plan to do with your wild and precious life inspired? And also like, ooh, I'm 50. Am I doing that yet? <laughs> am, am I living my wild and precious life to the full yet? So deep breath in, let it out. Let's do our best as we try to do every week to be honest with this beautiful but beguiling scripture portion. There is therefore now no condemnation because we read in verse two, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So let's do an all play question. All plays are designed to hear the voice of the chorus, not just the solo. So feel free to use your chat, use the chat or your chat. You know, if you own your own chat, that's fine. Use that or shout it out if you're in person. And the question will come up on the screen. How would you define condemnation? How would you define condemnation? How would you define condemnation? How does it make you feel when you hear that word? Beyond redemption. Thank you. Uh, I'm seeing on the chat, TJ says shame. Holly says isolation. Kristen says utter rejection. Hurt. Thanks, Pam. Condemnation, to be condemned. Such an intense word, right? No hope. Is that Laura back there? Hi, Laura. First time in person. Come on. Um, so condemnation, let's get nerdy. Greek time, katakrino, means to be judged worthy of being punished. Not just to have done a bad thing, but to be judged worthy of getting punished for it. So sometimes I feel like others are judging me. But most of the time, I feel like I do a pretty good job of it myself, of judging myself. I think to be under condemnation is to feel like you're on trial all the time. To feel like you're on trial all the time. I tell my friends that as an Enneagram 3, I wake up in the morning and it's like there's a scanner that goes out. Beep, 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 beep. And my mind searches for all the things I messed up at on the day before. Anyone else have that weirdly, oddly? <laughs> yes, I hate that. That's the feeling of being condemned. Um, when we're being judged either by ourselves or by others, we get defensive, don't we, right? We get fearful. We get stressed out. And we feel like we can't get it right. And I think that's essentially the law of sin and death. We feel like we're always on trial. So we're always employing different defense strategies. So we won't be found guilty. This is not an all play that's going to be up on the screen, but it's a, you know, spontaneous all play. 
What are some defense strategies that you use when you feel like you're on trial, either by other people or um, from yourself? What are some defense strategies you try to use to try to convince yourself or others that you're not guilty? Blame the other person. Yes, that's one of the best ones, isn't it? You can just deflect that right onto someone else. Say it again. You hide. So we blame, we hide. Oh my goodness. Attack. Yes. Thanks, Laura. When we get defensive and fearful, we hide, we blame, we attack, we compare. Yeah, Dan. At least I'm not that person. I'm better than that person, that loser over there. <laughs> if we're going to understand condemnation, and if we're going to understand this idea of the law of sin and death, let's go back to the first time that, we, that the humans understood it. Genesis 3, 9 and 10. But the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? Now, this is after the Adam and the Eve, the man and the woman reached out and took that fruit, which they weren't supposed to do because they were deceived by the serpent. But the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard you. The man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, God. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So strategy number one, when we're finding ourselves feeling condemned, worthy of punishment, either by other people or by ourselves, is we hide and we avoid. And whether or not you believe the story in Genesis 3 actually happened to actual people or not, or whether it's a bit of a metaphor or a myth, the pattern of what we're going to see, the result of feeling like you're on trial, echoes throughout history. We first hide and we avoid. And I hide and I avoid when I feel like I judge myself or I'm judged by others because I'm convinced that if I showed up as who I really am, then who I really am would be found wanting. I would be found as a fraud. I was just, telling, I was just talking to someone this last week. And he was asking me all these great questions. And I heard myself saying, I'm afraid if I'm really myself, then people will see the fraud that I am. You know, that's a human, the human condition of feeling like you are on trial. So you got to put up defenses. And one, a, a great defense for many of us is to hide or avoid. But what's the result of hiding and avoiding? If you do it for long enough, how do you end up feeling? Alone. Guilty. Exhausted. Oh, sad, Grant. Defeated, Pam. Yeah, like when you're living on trial, you're living high stress. You're living constantly in fear of being punished. 
And so, um, so you hide, but when you hide, the result also is that no one gets to see you like for who you really are. And no one, no one gets to have that gift. I'm going to catch up online here. Um, Someone is judging you without knowing you, Rajan says about being condemned. Um, from Christine Temes, um, pretending I don't care when deep down I really do, responding to what does hiding look like? Well, there's a second strategy at least, and it comes right out of Genesis 3. Genesis 3 verse 11, uh, God asked the human who said, I'm naked, so I hid. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree, which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, the woman <laughs> whom you gave to me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. So strategy number two is blame. Charles said it earlier, right? No? Sorry, Noah. Oh, my gosh. Blame. What does blame do? Deflects. I love a good deflection. If you can stop looking at me and look at someone else for a change, get them in the focus. Yes. Sorry, Enoch, what are you saying? Yeah, it makes you feel better. Get the focus off of me and onto someone else until you feel worse. Anyone ever feel that slimy feeling when you've just spent a lot of time blaming someone else and you didn't even really know it, but you're just caught in that blame cycle? How does your spirit? feel. Yeah. I don't know if that's an actual Hebrew word or not, but it sounds Hebrew. Yeah. Right. The more we can point out other sin, the less focus will be on our sin, but the result is self-righteousness, anger, and resentment. So the law of sin and death can be think of thought of as like a cycle, right? So step number one, you try hard not to sin. That's fun, right? Try hard not to sin. Some of us are better at that than others. <laughs> but then you end up sinning and feeling shame. And then you try a defense strategy to avoid punishment, but you feel even worse. And then you start the cycle over again. You try hard not to sin. You sin and feel shame. You employ a defense strategy because you feel alone and you're hidden. And when you stay in that cycle, that's the law of sin and death, whether, you know, and like, how do you define sin? I don't know, but we all have this propensity to break things, right? <laughs> Promises, our own well-being, others' well-being. So I don't know that it works well for me to try to say that I don't really do that. Of course I do that. And I'm the, I'm the first person to say that I do sin. But I also think it's really helpless to get caught in that cycle. So Genesis 3, 8, and 9, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. And then verse 9, here comes something beautiful. Here comes an invitation out of the law of sin and death. God asks the man and the woman a question. And the question is not, why did you do that? Or not, what did you do? The question is, where are you? Where are you? Let's let that be an all play question. 
What kind of a question is, where are you? What kind of a question? Oh, thanks, Pam. It's inviting. It sees the person, Allie, and not the deed, the thing that was done. Let me grab the chat, too. I don't want to forget the online people. Online people. I don't forget you. What kind of a question is, where are you? Thanks. Pursuing connection. Thanks, Will. You can't deflect. It makes like blaming or avoiding sort of like, ooh. it cuts right to the heart of it. Where are you? What a beautiful question. Uh, Jim online says it's a belonging question. Becca says God wants to know what they're feeling. What if when you were caught in that sin cycle or shame cycle, where you felt like you were on trial all the time, whether someone else is judging you or you're, or you're judging yourself, what if you could interrupt that cycle and hear God asking you that question? Not what did you do? Not why did you do it? Not what's wrong with you? Not you did that again? But just, where are you? Jonah online says, could be seen as threatening, even if it isn't meant to be. Yeah, where are you can feel threatening. That's why I think it's hard sometimes to hear the spirit of when we're just reading the words. That's why it's so important to listen and explore these verses together. But what if it's a gentle question? What if... The where are you is designed to pull you out of hiding, not to expose you, but to love you and accept you and to see that you're not on trial. Moving on in today's portion, Romans 8, 12 and 14. So then brothers and sisters or siblings, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh or the ego. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Now, that's just a mouthful. But focus on the last sentence. All who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Instead of being on trial, instead of being caught in the cycle of sin, if we can see ourselves as children who are loved, and who are embraced and who are accepted and who our parent, our mother, our father wants to draw us out, then maybe we can see that we're not on trial anymore. We're free because we are children of God. Allie did such a great job in the kids sermon today about explaining the Trinity. Today's Trinity Sunday. And in this one verse we see in the prayer of Jesus in John 14, 16, we see how the Trinity works together. And Jesus says this, he's talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to, to die and to, and to leave them. And he says, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. So here we have God, God, or the father or the mother being asked 
by Jesus, the word or the son to send help. When you are caught in the cycle of judgment and shame, I'm going to say this as strongly as I can. You cannot try hard your way out of that. You will be exhausted and you'll just will stay in the cycle. But if you receive the help, what being led by the spirit really means, because that can even sound like, well, I don't know if I'm led by the spirit. It's just to receive the help that is given every moment of every day, to receive the help that is given every moment of every day. The spirit is translated as paraclete or one who comes alongside an advocate who pleads your case as if before a judge, someone that helps you when someone else asks uh, someone to help you, which is what Jesus is asking God to send someone to help us when we are caught in the cycle. So Romans 8, 15 through 17, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father or Mother, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, we're also heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so here's the invitation for today. Here's the invitation. When you find yourself caught in a cycle of judgment, whether you're judging yourself or you're feeling judged by someone else, when you can find yourself, like when you notice, oh, there I am. I'm caught in the cycle. I'm trying hard. I'm feeling shame. I'm employing a defense strategy. I'm hiding. I'm blaming. When you can find yourself there, imagine God, the good mother, the good father, simply asking you, where are you? Where are you? Then you can say, I'm hiding. I'm blaming. And you can invite the spirit to remind you who you are. You are a child that is loved. And I know some of us have a hard time with parental images anyway. And so what if, if you can't imagine God being a good parent, what if God is at least as good as the best parent you've ever met? <laughs> what if God is as least as good as the best parent you've ever met? Now, maybe your parents weren't that great or aren't that great. But what if, what if God is the kind of parent that would pursue you out of hiding, not to blame you, but to remind you that you are adopted, that you are forgiven, that you are free. So that's an invitation for you this week. When you find yourself caught in that judgment cycle, for me, it's that right thing. I don't know why it happens right in the morning. And it's not, that's not the only time, but that when that scanner goes out, beep, 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 Instead of saying like, oh, I'm going to try hard not to do that again today. I could say, wait a minute, pause. God is asking me where I am. In that moment, I could say, I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling judged. And then the spirit could remind me, you are a child. You are adopted. You are filled with forgiveness and grace. So that's invitation number one. Invitation number two is um, you could try to do something that our, our dear friend, St. Ignatius, called the examen. At the end of every day, 
or maybe even the next morning, if you're more of a morning person, think back and ask yourself two questions. Think back to the previous 24 hours and say, first of all, when was I lost in judgment? And think about that. But then ask yourself, when did I experience a sense of feeling free or loved or accepted? Because you probably experienced some of those during that day as well. Because the thing is, we, we can't always think our way out of that, that judgment sin cycle. We have to notice the gifts that our friends and God gives us of being loved and accepted in the moment. It's maybe when your dog, <laughs> dogs are some of the best lovers of all, right? Am I right, Goodwins? Am I right, Katie? Your dog sometimes is the best evidence that there is a good God. Because that dog will love you for free. So maybe, maybe that's, I aspire to someday love as well as my dog does. <laughs> right? So this is not just a mind game or, a, you know, but it, it is about noticing that there's many moments of the day where God is trying to love you. God's spirit is trying to send love to you. And what you need to do is recognize those moments as being from spirit, being from God. And I think that's a really helpful thing. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.